Juan transfer stats are so good through the first two games that he's already a front runner for the Americans' defensive player of the year. Our Locked On Bearcats, your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Are you ever locked on Bearcats today? Thanks for making us your first listen every day. We are free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on YouTube to get an alert every time we drop a new episode. My name is Alex Frank, your host each and every day here on Locked On Bearcats. We have a lot to get to today. As I mentioned at the top, one transfer, a transfer on this year's Bearcats team. His stats are so good through the first two games. He's already a frontrunner for the Americans' Defensive Player of the Year. Plus, there's something that stood out to me in the game on Saturday in my rewatch the game in film review and takeaways. And it really speaks to the culture of the program, particularly on the defense. And then uh, some unfortunate news surrounding two players, one defensive, one offensive player. We'll get to that in segment three. But let's talk about Ivan Pace Jr. for a minute. Rather not a minute. This whole segment is devoted to Ivan Pace Jr. What a huge addition to this team. Ivan Pace Jr. is the best player on this team right now. And I don't think it's and I don't think it's even a, qu- a question. When you look at what he's done so far this season, he leads the team in tackles with 23. That's seven more than any other defensive player. He has four and a half tackles for loss. He has a sack. And he has a forced fumble. And we knew coming in, Ivan Pace Jr. had potential to be a really good player. We knew he had the tools. We knew he was going to be a tremendous addition to the linebacker room that's already pretty dang good. We knew that. But what we didn't know was this good, making an impact already. His brother, Deshaun, is supposed to be making an impact. Is supposed to be this this defense's best player. And, I, and I'm not saying Deshaun Pace is not having a good start to the season. His blocked field goal on Saturday completely shifted the momentum of the game in the early going. But when you look at what Ivan Pace Jr. is doing, and when you watch him play, and you watch the game on Saturday, and you watch the game last week at Arkansas, and what you see is a player who is flying to the football, flying all over the field. He's in the backfield. He's, you know, ranging toward the sideline. He is making life miserable for opposing offenses. And he particularly did that on Saturday against Kennesaw State. You know, how good can this guy be? He's in such a good system with a good coach and Luke Fickle, a good coordinator in Mike Tressel, who's also the linebackers coach. And he's the leader of the best position group on this defense. And that's the best part about this. The Bearcats' defense is anchored by its linebackers. And you saw that on Saturday. You know, Ty Van Fossen had a great pass breakup on fourth down. Deshaun Pace had a blocked field goal. Ivan Pace Jr. had a forced fumble to start the second half that Jabari Taylor returned for a touchdown. So, Ivan Pace is the best player on a position that is anchoring this defense. 
that is really, really good. I mean, you have starters who are not starting. That's how much depth there is at this position. And when you look at, you know, a Bearcats linebacker, when you think of Bearcats linebackers over the years, guys like Joel DeBlanco, Darian Beavers, guys like Perry Young, and Jarrell White, Brian Wright, and any other great linebacker that, linebacker that this program has had, what are they? They're tough. They're nasty. They're physical. They're hustlers. They're looking to create. And that's what Ivan Pace Jr. is doing. We knew he was going to be really good coming into this season. But what we didn't know was just how much of an immediate impact he was going to have. Because let's be honest, Deshaun is showing up on opposing team scouting reports. I guarantee you Miami is Miami has scouted him all offseason. You know why? Because his brother played for Miami last year. They know Deshaun. And in a rivalry week, you better believe that, that he's going to be a focus. Both of them are. But I guarantee you Indiana is Indiana scouted Deshaun. Deshaun Pace had a pick against them last year. The conference is going to scout him. They don't know Ivan Pace Jr. They don't know a guy who who played the first years of his college career in the Mid-American Conference, a conference that, quite frankly, stinks. They don't know who he is. And so that's why he's been able to wreak havoc in the first two games. Because Because teams aren't preparing and focusing on him. That's fine. I'll gladly take Ivan Pace Jr. and what he's doing. Because right now, he's the best player on this team. Right now, he might be the best defensive player in this conference. And he'll get a chance to prove that on Saturday against Indiana and in conference play and hopefully a conference championship game. That's my biggest takeaway from watching this game on Saturday. Ivan Pace, re-watching this game. Ivan Pace Jr. is the defense's best player and he might be the team's best player. Because every single play, he is hustling to the ball. When the play ends, who's around the ball, and where the play ends, Pace was. Ivan Pace Jr. was. Forced fumble to start the second half. And by the way, I think it was him who pressured uh, Kennesaw State quarterback Xavier Shepard on Javon Hicks' pick six. He's creating plays. He's the creator of this defense. And going forward... When the Bearcats face UCF and their run game, and they face Navy and their triple option, he's going to be a he's going to have to be the leader of the defense, and I have total confidence he will be. All right. So speaking of the triple option, um, Saturday's game was a program culture game for the defense, and I'm going to tell you why it will have them prepared for a future game this season. We'll get into it after a word from betonline.net, your number one source for all of your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. You can find all of the latest football league developments, including the Bearcats being favored by 20 and a half points this Saturday against Miami. You can find game matchups, news and podcasts, including this year's opening week's games. BetOnline is also your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports and scores. 
the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including Major League Baseball, which is gearing up for the pen and chase, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. Well, I tell you what, we are getting into the absolute heat of the sports of the sports calendar year. College football and NFL have ramped up. You got Major League Baseball and its pen and chase. You've got NHL and NBA. They're about to start. So, I mean, it, it it's an avalanche of sports, which is never a bad thing. All right, so something that hit the Bearcats like an avalanche in 2017 was Navy's triple option. That's something that we all know, we all remember. I still remember watching that game, and the Bearcats' defense was helpless to stop Navy's offense. I mean, it was, they were just completely blown off guard. And you didn't really know where the Bearcats were going to go from there. I mean, 568 yards rushing, whatever the total amount was, it might have been 567, but same thing. That's embarrassing. And I don't care if you're facing the triple option or not. It's embarrassing. But ever since that game, and this is why you love Luke Fickle, because he's going to take it one game at a time. But what he's also going to do is he's going to focus and spend more time on specific teams and specific ways they run their offense to have his defense. He's a defensive-minded head coach, after all. He's going to spend more time on teams who need extra work. It is okay to devote extra attention and work to specific teams. The Bearcats do that with Navy. They did it with UCF in 20, after the 2018 season. And they were prepared. And that's what you love about Luke Fickle. Ever since the Bearcats first faced Navy's triple option, the Bearcats have prided themselves on stopping it. It's been a point of emphasis since 2017, and every time they see it, they're prepared for it. Case in point this past Saturday, Kennesaw State, triple option attack, 61 rush attempts, 142 yards. If you're doing the math, that's not even two and a half yards per carry. I don't need to be a mathematician to tell you that. That's how good the Bearcats defense was. Every single time Kennesaw State tried to run the triple option, Cincinnati's defense was right there, ready for the tackle. They were flying to the ball all day long. They, they, they were not caught off guard by the triple option. And why this is so great is because Cincinnati is now prepared to face Navy on November 5th. And that's why every game is so important, because you can use it as a, you know, tune-up. You can use it as practice for when you face Navy, and you got to give everything you have. And the Bearcats' defense did just that. A great opportunity for this new-look defense to be prepared for the triple option when they face Navy. Every time Kennesaw State tried to run the ball, the Bearcats swarmed the ball carriers. That comes from preparation. That comes from culture. That comes with pride. Ever since that Navy game, they have never not been ready for the triple option. And here's the thing about Luke Fickle. 
And this is mainly about him. Once he sees something once as a head coach, as the head coach of this football team, once he sees something one time, he's going to have his team ready. They weren't prepared for the triple option five years ago. They sure as heck were the next year. They held Navy to 124 rushing yards that day. And then the next time they only had two weeks to prepare for Army's triple option. I've never seen a team force an, a, triple, a, a triple option offense to throw the ball 20 times in one game. That's what they forced Army to do on that day. Last year against Navy was a struggle, but this game certainly wasn't. Cincinnati's defense, a week after giving up, you know, 13 plays of 20-plus yards, I think it was, and allowing over 400 yards of offense, they weren't happy about it. And Luke Fickle challenged this team to humble themselves, and they did. They came out in a very business-like, workman-like fashion, took it to Kennesaw State, scored 42 points in the second half, uh, amassed over 500 yards of offense, and that's what won them the game. They were ready to play. They prided themselves on stopping the triple option. They didn't rectify their defense just for one time against Navy. They've rectified it for any triple option attack they face. Whether it's Navy, Army, or Kennesaw State. Cincinnati's defense was ready. And that's why you love Luke Fickle. He's going to have his team prepared every single week. And they were prepared against Alabama. They were prepared against Georgia. And when you see that, you know, when we talk about how you pull off upsets of big-name teams, sometimes it just comes down to being the more prepared team. And that's since that was Cincinnati on Saturday. Clearly more prepared. Clearly the overpowering team. And it showed. All right, coming up, there has been a new development in the quarterback battle and some unfortunate news for one hometown player. We'll get into it after a word from two of our sponsors. So I'm listening to the Luke Fickle radio show last night from the original Montgomery, and I love going to that show, by the way. My mom and I have been several times um, over the years. And Dan Horde asks Luke Fickle the question of, you know, did Evan Prater, or, you know, what did Evan Prater's performance on Saturday do to the quarterback, you know, the quarterback situation? And Luke Fickle said that it's going to impact Prater's mentality, his mindset. And I thought that was a really good answer because whether you like it or not, Ben Bryan is going to be this team starter. Ben Bryan is the starter on Saturday. He's the starter for Indiana. And as far as I'm concerned, he's the starter for the Tulsa game. Ben Bryan is this team starter until, until he's told otherwise. Evan Prater's not going to start. But this is now going to be really interesting. Because Evan clearly showed on Saturday that he is capable of playing the quarterback position. He has raw talent. 
but some of the throws that he made, mind you, the first completion is 26-yard pass to Jaden Thompson. The snap was bad. And Evan Prater calmly picked it up off the turf and fired a bullet to Jaden Thompson. His throw on the run, the play before the touchdown was smooth. He was making some really, really good throws and decisions on Saturday. So Ben, so Evan Prater has now proven he can be the quarterback. But Ben Bryant's going to start. So how does that impact Evan Prater? Knowing that despite he knowing he can do it, he's not going to be given the opportunity. And that's got to be tough. That's got to be a tough situation to be in. But he's got to handle it the same way that he handled the quarterback battle. He can't worry about what he can't control. But at least now you know if something, God forbid, were to happen to Ben Bryant, you've got a really good backup quarterback waiting in the wings in Evan Prater. You know, it's going to be hard for Prater to continue to do this, but Bryant's going to continue to start. And that might leave you wondering, because it does leave me wondering a little bit, is Evan Prater's talent being wasted? You know, he's got tremendous talent. And now it's come to a, it's now come to a, a point in the battle where, excuse me, I think you start worrying if Prater's going to transfer. Because if Brian stays here another year, he's going to be the starter. All this potential. He might end up transferring somewhere. You hope he doesn't because he played high school football in Cincinnati. Because he's shown that he is every bit as advertised. Or at least every bit as advertised coming in. But the fact that he may never get a chance to start for the Cincinnati Bearcats is kind of concerning. It's kind of uneasy to think about. Right now... The quarterback battle is in a good state. But here's the thing. If Evan Prater continues to be this good every time he steps onto the field, how hard is it going to be for Fickle to keep Brian off the field? I mean, how hard is it? It's going to be really hard. Sorry, I have something on my phone there. It's going to be really hard to keep Ben Bryant off the field. Or Evan Prater off the field. Sorry, I got sidetracked. I heard something in this. I thought I heard something. I guess I must must be just hearing things. But Evan Prater has shown that he can go out onto the field and lead a first-team offense and make good decisions. And that's what being a quarterback is about. The touchdown run that he had, the color analyst for ESPN Plus on Saturday, described it beautifully. You know, Prater could have, he rolled out to his left. He could have um, dumped it off to Kamon Mateer in the flat. Instead, he pulled the ball back down and took off and ran. And that's exactly what he should have done. And that is maturity and a good decision, you know, he, that he made. 
And that's what you have to have to play, you know, quarterback at the college level. So if Prater continues to perform, if the Bearcats are in more blowout games, which I suspect they will be, fans are going to start to clamor for Evan Prater to start. I kind of get the sense now that Bryant, like I said earlier this season, that you as a fan are going to hold Bryant to these expectations that he has to play really, really well every time he steps out onto the field. He like I'm talking about he has to throw for 300 yards in every single game or he's not going to, you know, be so secure as the team starter. Because this could get to a point where if the Bearcats are in so many blowout games and they get there where Bryant has maybe just 200 yards passing and two touchdowns, and Evan Prater goes in and does just as good as Bryant, if not better. Right now, Evan Prater, Evan Prater has, um, what was the comment? Um, he has 44 rushing yards. He had 44 rushing yards on Saturday. Ben Bryant has like minus 50 for his career. Now, quarterback is about being able to throw mainly. Bryant is still, I think, the better option to throw her. But the idea of Evan Prater being this team's starting quarterback continues to intrigue. And this is a storyline that is going to absolutely be worth following this season. Because if the Bearcats get into more blowout games, and if Evan Prater keeps coming in and does his job at a really high level, how hard is it going to be for Luke Fickle to continue to roll Ben Bryan out there as a starter? I, I don't think it's going to be that easy. It shouldn't be. But I don't know if Luke Fickle, I don't think he would pull the trigger and make a quarterback change midseason. But it's not going to be easy to not. All right, now to some unfortunate news. As I mentioned uh, before this segment, Malik Van, the fifth-year defensive lineman for the Bearcats, Luke Fickle confirming on his radio show that uh, last night that he will miss the rest of the season with a torn peck. That is really unfortunate. you got to love Malik Van. I, he is really, and you love him because he's a hometown kid. He's gotten better and better each season. You know, he's played behind so many great defensive linemen in his time at Cincinnati that you really haven't gotten the chance to see him, you know, in a full role as a starter and shine. And now his season's over and maybe his bear, he can come back for another season because he's using his pandemics bonus season of eligibility. He can apply for a medical red shirt if he wants to. So there is still some hope. But all I'm saying is you got to feel for him. That's a tough loss. And that's depth lost on your defensive line. That is depth lost on a unit that we knew was going to be a new look uh, unit coming in. But now add losing a stalwart of a defensive lineman in Van. Hometown leader, fifth year Fifth-year player, and now he might not play another game for the Bearcats again. Now, what does that mean for Cincinnati this year? 
Eric Phillips now is going to get more playing time, perhaps Noah Potter, perhaps Ryan Mullaney. There are options along this defensive line. But you just lost a huge piece to it in Malik Van, and that's a tough pill to swallow. On the offensive side, Will Poling likely to miss a few weeks with an MCL sprain. How does this impact the wide receiver room? Well, another depth piece gone. You still have Nick Marner. He's going to get more targets. You have Tyler Scott. You have Jaden Thompson. You have your two tight ends. I don't think this is a devastating loss, but Will Pauling has looked really good in the first two games. I like what I've seen. And unfortunately for him, he's going to be out for a few weeks. Who knows? Who knows how long exactly? But this is, you know, already we are seeing key players going down. If there's anything that that we have taken for granted the last, I'd say, four years, it's that the Bearcats have been extremely healthy. And that's a huge, um, that's been a huge factor in the Bearcats' success. This year right now, it's hit a little bit of an adversity. You know, it's hit a little bit of a roadblock. We'll see how this team is able to handle it. But there are worse, but there are more valuable players. You know, if you had to lose players, losing Malik Van and Will Pauling sucks. But I think that it, that you can overcome those if you're the Bearcats. All right, that's going to do it for me today here on Lockdown Bearcats. Coming up tomorrow, Russ Heltman drops by. My colleague at All Bearcats ahead of the battle for the victory bell on Saturday. Interesting piece of history going into this rivalry at stake that's over 100 years old. We'll talk about it tomorrow. Game preview on Friday for the battle for the victory bell. As for me, you can follow me on Twitter at Frankie underscore 90 with two N's, N-N-A-T-I. You can follow me on Instagram at AlexFrank9 underscore. Email me at Alex3Frank at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe to Lockdown Bearcats on YouTube and follow us too to get an alert every time we drop a new episode. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Get more on the Big 12 by making Lockdown Big 12 your second listen. Everyday host Josh Neighbors and the local experts of Lockdown take you across the conference in 30 minutes. Lockdown Big 12, your second listen. That's Lockdown Big 12. For Lockdown Bearcats, my name is Alex Frank. Have a great rest of your day. I'll be back tomorrow with Russ Heltman, my colleague at All Bearcats and Sports Illustrated, to look ahead to the battle for the victory belt. We'll talk about the quarterback battle. We'll talk about the news on the injury front. We'll talk about uh, Ivan Pace Jr., what we've seen from him. And we'll throw in some other tidbits or conversation as well. For Lockdown Bearcats, I'm Alex Frank. Have a great rest of your day, and I will be back tomorrow.